In the first video in this two-part series, we reviewed the history of Tom DeLonge's communications campaign for the U.S. government, and the announcement of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, or ATIP, as well as the introduction of its former director, Luis Elizondo. I reminded viewers of the U.S. government's long history of seizing UFO evidence and deceiving UFO researchers, and argued that the To The Stars team, or TTSA, might be continuing this legacy of deception, rather than breaking from it. In this video, we'll review Elizondo's actions after 2017, and question the truth of his claims. We'll also explore the role of the filmmaker, Jeremy Corbell, in releasing leaked UFO videos, and examine the report of the UAP Task Force from 2021. I will argue that Elizondo is probably still working for the US government in order to cast UFOs, or UAPs as he rebranded them, as possible threats to national security. Both the UAP task force and the slow drip of leaks are being orchestrated by current military and intelligence leaders to propagate the threat narrative, and consequently, to encourage more defense spending, particularly on the burgeoning US Space Force. Ultimately, I will argue that these efforts do not constitute true disclosure, and will not advance UFO research, only US Empire. In part one of this series, we saw how Tom DeLonge went from being a pop-punk guitarist, singer, and songwriter, to being the frontman of a government propaganda campaign. Through a series of fiction books, films, and interviews, DeLonge provided a vessel for the communication of official government narratives on UFOs and national security that painted intelligence and military actors as heroes for hiding the truth on UFOs, while secretly working to protect us from them by building new technologies. As part of his initial round of publicity in October 2017, DeLong appeared on the Joe Rogan podcast, where his evasive answers to questions and his generally uncomfortable body language earned him a lot of ridicule. After explicitly denying that he'd ever been shown any of the secret craft or bodies that he claimed he knew existed, DeLong requested that Rogan watch a questionable video on YouTube as proof that the US government was operating Black Triangle UFOs. Rogan laughed and called it fake. It's gone. There's a pilot in that. If that was in a movie, I'd want my money back. <laughs> Why? Why? It looks so fake. Oh, you think that? Yeah. It well, did look fake. What is that? After the ensuing wave of public criticism, DeLong's involvement in TTSA media messaging was dramatically reduced. From this point on, Elizondo made his media appearances without DeLong and gave many talks alone. Christopher Mellon, too, former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and TTSA member, also made a number of solo appearances on TV. Sometime in 2018 or early 2019, TTSA made a deal with the History Channel for a series on Elizondo's work. Unidentified, Inside America's UFO Investigation premiered in May of 2019, and at the time of this video, has run two seasons. The show is structured around interviews with Elizondo, and makes prominent use of the same few UFO videos that he helped leak in 2017. Months after the first season aired, the Department of Defense confirmed that these videos were genuine recordings of UAP, and had them officially released. In June of 2020, the Senate Intelligence Committee requested that the Director of National Intelligence, or DNI, as well as the Secretary of Defense, produce an intelligence assessment of the threat posed by UAP. 
To this end, the Department of Defense created the UAP Task Force, and the DNI's office released a preliminary nine-page report on its work in June of 2021. The report looked at 144 UAP sightings between November 2004 and March of 2021, though most sightings fell in the final two years of this range. Despite this, the team were unable to reach any firm conclusions on the origins of UAP, or to offer much in the way of analysis, blaming insufficient data and possible errors in their methodology. They did, however, state that most of the UAP reported probably do represent physical objects, and that different explanations were required for different sightings. They also insisted that a minority of these cases exhibited advanced technology, though did not speculate on the origins of this tech. Of course, the report also reaffirmed Elizondo's earlier claims that UAPs constituted a flight safety risk and a challenge to U.S. national security, citing the prevalence of near-misses with military aircraft as evidence. Another major development to occur in the field of ufology was the sudden rise to prominence of a Los Angeles artist and filmmaker named Jeremy Kenyon Lockyer Corbell, or simply Jeremy Corbell. In 2018, Corbell directed a documentary on the many anomalous occurrences at Skinwalker Ranch, and produced another on the scientist Bob Lazar, who claimed to have worked on alien technology at a secret government facility called S-4. Corbell maintains an open invitation on his website for members of the government, military, or public to leak or send him evidence of UFOs. Around 2019, he began receiving videos allegedly filmed by members of the U.S. Navy. On April 8, 2021, for example, he shared a video that someone filmed from his or her cell phone during a few nights of Navy UFO sightings around California's Channel Islands in July 2019. Shortly after, a Pentagon spokesperson claimed in a statement to CNN that the Department of Defense had verified that the video was a real, undoctored recording by a member of the U.S. Navy. On May 15th, Corbell released another video of a spherical UFO appearing to dive beneath the surface of the water while flying low over the ocean. Again, the Department of Defense confirmed the authenticity of the footage within days of Corbell's releasing it. Later that month, Corbell released another video capturing a radar screen on the USS Omaha. The radar appears to show several uncorrelated targets following the ship and making sudden changes in speed. In part one of this series, I argued that the Department of Defense recruited Tom DeLong, in part, to serve as the public face for the Pentagon's first leaks in 2017. In 2020, Mellon admitted that he was handed a package by an official from the Defense Department that contained all three of the leaked videos. Unless one believes, as Mellon does, that this official was a rogue agent, then we have to assume that these leaks were approved by his or her superiors and directed to DeLong. I believe that the Pentagon sought out another public face after DeLong proved to be a source of embarrassment and found one in Jeremy Corbell. However, it's not clear that all of the videos that Corbell leaked depict something truly unusual. For example, debunker Mick West has shown that Corbell's triangle UFO video likely shows nothing more than the lights of an airplane out of focus, with some kind of camera artifact turning the lights glow into a triangle. 
one can clearly see the stars taking on the same triangle shape at the same times, and the flashes coming from the object correspond perfectly to the flashes of an airplane's anti-collision light. If Corbell was chosen for the job, then he wasn't the only one selected. In the late spring of 2021, educator Sam Harris claimed on three separate podcasts, including on his own, that someone in or formerly a part of the US government contacted him to discuss the military's plan to admit that UAPs were alien technology. His informant stressed the need to reduce panic and conspiracy theories and maintain consistent messaging between experts. It seems that someone connected to the US government was trying to help skeptics like Harris to maintain their credibility to the public after denying the reality of UFOs for as long as they did. There are many reasons to be suspicious of the supposed moves towards disclosure since 2017. First is Elizondo's background. Elizondo is openly admitted to being a counterintelligence agent or someone who infiltrates or sabotages hostile groups and institutions. He described himself as a career spy and claimed that his previous work dealt with coup d'etats, black market terrorists, and drug cartels. Just looking at Elizondo, he looks more like someone that would infiltrate a biker gang than someone who would climb up the ranks of the American intelligence bureaucracy. It's not clear how any of his previous assignments would have qualified him to direct the government's UFO investigation group, and it's never been explained why he was given the job. What's more, an investigation by Keith Kluwer for The Intercept found that there was no discernible evidence that Elizondo even worked for ATIP, let alone directed it. Kluwer quoted Pentagon spokesperson Christopher Sherwood, who stated clearly that Mr. Elizondo had no responsibilities with regard to the ATIP program before his resignation from the Pentagon. The only confirmation of Elizondo's involvement comes from Politico's defense editor Brian Bender, who claimed that an earlier Pentagon spokesperson named Dana White had told him this. As Kluwer noted, Bender was no disinterested observer, having had a recurring role on the first season of Unidentified as a character witness to Mellon and Elizondo. More troubling still, the very existence of ATIP has yet to be independently verified. Ufologists such as John Greenwald of the Black Vault, who specializes in obtaining documents through the US Freedom of Information Act, have been unable to turn up anything to confirm ATIP's existence. Elizondo tried to spin this as a sign of the program's highly secretive nature, boasting that it was the only program in the Department of Defense not to leave a paper trail. Is this plausible? Though Elizondo claims to have resigned from his previous position with the Pentagon, in which he admitted to working with the CIA, he also admitted to Kluwer that he was still doing unidentified contract work with the US government. What's more, Elizondo and everyone else on the TTSA team have all retained their security clearances. In his interview on Rogan, DeLong described the members of his team as current consultants to the intelligence community while smiling wryly. Intelligence committee and was these guys are retired. The quasi retired, quasi retired. Well, they all they all, all left. They are our current public life. They are, now are involved with the way, what you're doing. The way they are current consultants to the internet, uh, the intelligence community. Okay. In one of the original articles exposing the history of ATIP, journalist Ralph Blumenthal noted that his colleague Leslie Kane 
first met Elizondo in a Pentagon City hotel room where he was surrounded by several present and former intelligence officials and a defense contractor. The fact that Elizondo and all the other members of TTSA retain such close ties to U.S. intelligence and are still actively employed by the U.S. government indicates that their supposed disclosures have all been pre-approved by higher-ups. Finally, the entire disclosure campaign has been decidedly non-transparent and extremely light on evidence. To date, the only documentation that has been released to the public is the DNI's preliminary report from June 2021, which offers very little in the way of data or analysis. At that point, ATIP and the task force had run for a combined total of six years at least, and the US government's first UFO investigation group, Project Blue Book, ran for another 22 before that, collecting nearly 13,000 reports by 1970. What's more, the US Air Force had commissioned two major studies of UFOs by the same date. The first of these reports, Project Blue Book Special Report 14, released in 1955, had a data set of 3,201 cases, of which more than 2,900 had enough information for analysis and categorization. The Scientific Study of UFOs, or the Condon Report, published in 1968, looked at more than 130 cases of sufficient quality for analysis. Even after 28 years of government-funded research to learn from and build upon, the task force was still apparently too hampered by the limited amount of high-quality reporting on UAP to even attempt a quantitative analysis. How is it possible that a study released more than 50 years after the Condon Report with the benefit of several generations of accumulated knowledge from government UFO research around the world, could only scrape together a data set of 144 low-quality UFO reports, taken mostly from the previous two years. One would expect that the world's most advanced intelligence apparatus would have more to show for their efforts by 2021. Clearly, Elizondo and others are trying to avoid explaining contradictions with past UFO research. Even their insistence on the term UAP is a clever psychological trick to get us to dissociate what they're saying from anything we've heard about UFOs in the past. From the start, Elizondo and others with TTSA have preferred that we focus only on the handful of videos that they released, and the physical evidence supposedly given to Bigelow airspace. But to date, Bigelow has not shown these samples, or any kind of analysis of them, to the public. Until this physical evidence can be shared with the scientific community, we're left with nothing, really, to substantiate Elizondo's claims. Given the facts established in this video series, I do not think that the US government is trying to bring us disclosure on UFOs, nor do I think that they're trying to advance UFO research. Even journalist George Knapp, a longtime proponent of DeLong and Elizondo, believes that the Pentagon deliberately kneecapped the UAP task force by staffing it only with a single individual who had another full-time job. Many would argue that even the fact that the government has admitted to the reality of UFOs is a definite victory for UFO disclosure. But while US officials are certainly now insisting on the reality of UFOs in a much more active public way, military authorities had actually admitted to the reality of the phenomenon many decades ago. At a press conference following two nights of UFO sightings over Washington, D.C. in 1952, 
General John Sanford admitted that there was a certain percentage of UFO reports that the U.S. military could not identify. However, there have been a certain percentage of this volume of reports that have been made by credible observers of relatively incredible things. It is this group of observations that we now are attempting to resolve. The same year, the U.S. Air Force started Project Blue Book, precisely because Sanford and others knew that UFOs existed and needed to be explained. Even when the Air Force closed Project Blue Book in 1969, they did not deny the reality of UFOs, only their scientific value and their status as a threat to national security. While scientists and government officials have long dismissed the idea that UFOs were extraterrestrial craft, rarely has anyone denied that UFOs exist. The real significance of this faux disclosure campaign is in the way that officials are now framing UFOs as threats to national security and comparing them to American aerospace technologies. While Elizondo has several times stated that he believes that UAPs are not the creation of any world government, other government actors, and even the UAP task force report, leave this question open. For example, Senator Marco Rubio, the acting chairman of the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence, told a CBS affiliate in June 2020 that he was concerned that China, Russia, or some other adversary may have developed a new technology that would threaten U.S. security. A New York Times article that leaked details of the task force report referenced an anonymous senior official who worried that UFOs were hypersonic weapons developed by the Russians or the Chinese. I believe that by associating UFOs with the weapons of foreign adversaries, U.S. officials are attempting to invoke in Americans the same nationalistic fear-based response that they'd have to seeing Russian bombers flying over Washington. As I've hinted in part one of this series, I believe that these officials are attempting to leverage our fear of interplanetary travelers in order to justify more funding for the new space race. This push is only part of the government's long-term plan to achieve supremacy over Earth's outer atmosphere, dating back at least as far as Ronald Reagan's establishment of the U.S. Space Command in 1982. The famous Project for a New American Century document from 2000, Rebuilding America's Defenses, advised that the U.S. government seek unrestricted access to space, as well as the ability to restrict access to adversarial countries. The authors also advocated for the creation of a Space Force as a separate service within the Defense Department, which President Donald Trump later accomplished in 2019. It's my contention that the U.S. government is about to launch a new phase of their plan to conquer space, and that officials are trying to use the UFO issue as a way to raise funds, as well as to cover for and justify the changes they plan to implement. I have frequently pointed out on this channel that the UFO phenomenon is thousands of years old, at least. UFOs will long outlast any perceived threat from Russia, China, or any other country. Even if the United States government achieves complete dominance on Earth, they can take this threat to the stars, so to speak, and continue to justify the weaponization of space and the complete surveillance of the Earth's atmosphere. This, I think, is what it's all about. Despite all the lofty statements from DeLong and Elizondo, we are left with the problem of being completely unable to corroborate almost any of their claims. Given the US government's history of deception on UFOs, 
I believe that we are warranted in assuming that they are feeding us false narratives. The government was never trying to protect us from UFOs, as DeLong claimed, and ATIP may never have even existed. Elizondo, a known counterintelligence agent, is conducting a psychological operation to make Americans afraid of UFOs. The UAP task force, like ATIP before it, is a public relations front, made to convince Americans that the government is just as afraid of UFOs as Elizondo thinks that we should be. The US government most certainly knows a lot more about the UFO phenomenon than they have thus far disclosed. Whatever investigations they may be conducting remain highly classified, and will probably remain so for a long time yet. What's been called disclosure is little more than a propaganda campaign, and ufologists and everyone else should be deeply skeptical of the truths being revealed. If you like the music in this video, you can hear it and much more from our composer, Josh Chamberlain, on his SoundCloud page. Check it out. Think Anomalous is created by Jason Charbonneau. Music by Josh Chamberlain.